Tom Horn was very confident, uh, especially after learning the Masonic system surround, uh, listen, there's a Masonic conspiracy surrounding this specific location in Washington, DC. We didn't actually get right into the chamber because it is, it's hidden, it's locked, but we got pretty close. And while we were there, we, we had some very strange things happen that let us know that we were on the right track. Front, the side of the building, there's a cube that is 70 feet high, 70 feet wide, and 70 feet deep. And we all know what the number seven represents, right? Okay. But what also is significant about this building is that every aspect of this building has symbolic significance. Even something as simple as the steps. You notice the steps advance in a series of three steps, five steps, seven steps, nine steps. The first three steps represent the Blue House, where a person becomes a master mason. And then they continue, they continue up the next uh, five steps, which takes them up to the eighth degree. Next seven steps, which takes them up to the 15th degree. Next nine steps, which takes them up to the 24th degree. 24th degree, uh, 24 meridian lines around the world. So that you, you are supposed to enter this lodge with a certain level of knowledge so that you are able to understand and appreciate the information that's going to be given to you on the other side of the door. Even the door to the temple has symbolic significance. The proportions of the door to this Masonic temple are the same as the proportions to the doors of the temples in ancient Kemet. That is, um, the height of the door is twice the width of the door. And that proportion is equal to the mathematical equation for pi to four decimal points. So again, and if you think about the Greek symbol for pi, it looks like a doorway. But if you think in terms of the temple, the temple is a doorway to knowledge. Washington was definitely a Freemason. Matter of fact, they cast sprigs of acacia at his Masonic funeral uh, to signify him going on to the land of Osiris in the underworld. Now they believed Osiris was already in the underworld and they believed that Washington was the America's first Osiris, but he wasn't meant to be the final. He was meant to be a type. And we see that in how they went down and went through with his funeral. As a matter of fact, if you go back and study the, the death and the funerals of Washington, you're gonna find out that there were two. You had two different eulogies. You want to look for the Masonic eulogy that was presented by Timothy Bigelow Jr. That literally paints the picture. Look, Washington was not just a porch mason, okay? He, he knew what he was doing. He knew it, he, he was very much invested in this. Uh, we have evidence that not only was he a mason, but he was a mason in good standing all the way up until his death. A lot of people say he renounced the lodge. Again, he did, but it was the British Lodge, not the American Lodge. What's crazy about this is that he was literally being set up in a system that was a religious system that was set up to bring about the spirit of Osiris, a resurrected spirit, a reincarnated spirit, if you will, of Osiris to possess the ruler of this nation. Washington never made it to the crypt. They did not put him in the crypt that they built for him because we believe they didn't build it for him. They said they did, but it's kind of like the government says that they're building, you know, these military bases and then immediately they retire the military base after they build it because they had other plans for it. The government does this all the time. They set up the crypt of Washington. They installed it very much strategically, which we break down all the, all the strategy involved here. The crypt of Washington is sitting at the, it's a basement level of the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. This is literally a page out of ancient Egyptian magic. 
We break this down step by step by step in the film. We show everything how you go up and you, you walk into the Capitol building. You look up and, and what do you see in the dome? You see this thing called the apotheosis of George Washington. Now, if you really was a Christian, like so many people say, all you gotta do is look up and see the heaven that George Washington is ascending into, which is painted on this massive mural, and he's surrounded by all the pagan gods. You say, well, why on earth, if Washington was a Christian, why would he be getting deified in the first place into a god? That's what the word apotheosis means. Literally, Washington becoming a god. Walt Whitman, the famous American poet, said that, Walt, uh, said that George Washington was becoming the Osiris. Now, pagan gods, what does this have to do with DC? Well, Thomas Jefferson literally designed the city to honor the old pantheon of pagan gods. This is on record at the Library of Congress. People can investigate what's called the most approved plan. They, they literally built this city to pull a line from the Ghostbusters, how they talk about drawing down the power on these certain buildings, cursed buildings, buildings that are set up for drawing down occult power. The city of DC, literally was built as a massive ritualistic chessboard to do public rituals in mass. So uh, the Washington Monument, people like to go and look at it. Everybody wants to see it, but they don't understand the history of it. But just the measurements alone should be enough to raise some questions. It's 555 feet tall above ground, and the physics involved, in order to keep it from falling over, you have 111 feet inside the earth. So you're ending up with a totality of 666 feet total from tip to base uh, inside the earth. But what's crazy about this is that in the base of it, they have inculcated the magic Apollinean square. Now they believe that this square has a binding factor to it, that it can bind certain things. Some people call it a 666 square. We do a full breakdown of this in the film. And the 666 square, basically what you end up with is that no matter how you add up the numbers in any of the lines, you end up with 111, uh, with a total uh, number of 666. So what's crazy is that they, they believe it's a binding utility, but it also uh, goes back to some prophecies about the resurrection of Apollo. Now, the same entity that we would call Apollo, others call Osiris. So there, there's a, a connection there. Apollo and, uh, uh, Apollo and Osiris are the same entity. It's just from two different parts of the world. People can go back and look into the Sibylline prophecies. They can, they can understand that this is a very real connection. Uh, the Masonic Lodge has that same 666 square in the skylight of their ritual chamber, which we show in the film, uh, surrounded by the 33rd degree Freemasonic emblems of Isis. Uh, and what's crazy is that directly beneath that 666 square, you have their altar with the holy books, including the Bible. They believe that by putting the Bible underneath this square, that it's binding the power and influence of the word of God. But it doesn't stop there. There's a secret Bible bound in the testes of the Washington Monument. This Bible was what Dan Brown called the lost symbol. See, people have no idea how these books and this pop culture, such as Dan Brown and others, how they're, they're conditioning us to what's really going on. They're pre-programming us to accept these things. The Dan Brown Law symbol was a Bible, a Masonic Bible, that's bound in the testes of the Washington Monument beneath a 12-foot mini obelisk. Most people don't even know about the 12-foot mini obelisk. We were able to get photos from when they did some, uh, some renovation work over there. Matter of fact, Atlas Obscura got their hands on the photos and that's where we first heard about the 12-foot obelisk. No one else knew about it. Uh, if you look down at the base of the, of the main obelisk, you have what looks like uh, a sewage hole. 
a manhole with a metal cover. You pull that thing up, which you can't, but they did. And we got footage of all of this. They pulled it up. And sure enough, you've got a 12 foot mini obelisk. 12 uh, is a mockery of the number of disciples of Jesus Christ. It's also in the occult world. That's the number of the perfect government that they believe that's gonna be set up in the Novus Ordo Seclorum. Now, what is the Novus Ordo Seclorum? That is Latin for the new order of the ages. Anybody that carries around a dollar bill in their pocket, pull it out, you'll see the pyramid, you'll see the Novus Ordo Seclorum. That was what this was all about. The founders of this nation knew that this was the land prophesied by the old mystics. They wanted to resurrect their old gods right here on this land, and they knew for a fact that this would be the continent that was going to lead the world in this Novus Ordo Seclorum. Everybody into the rabbit hole. I'm Big D, and I'm Brandon. Hey, welcome back, Brandon. Yeah, how how was last week? Hey, we had a you know we had a uh, an enlightening time. An enlightening here time here on the rabbit hole. There's you know uh, we're we're in the series of secret societies, but there's so much going on. Oh, there is on, on a day to day basis. I, I wish we were on every day. Because I, I do too, and I as, feel like we could do it. Oh, there, without a doubt, because as I go through my day and I do research and, and I and I look at what's going on, I see patterns, 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 and yes. and, and and they're all connecting, and it's all connecting to, and, and interestingly enough, when we when we started our show, we we sort of had a, had an idea of how we wanted to go. Yeah. I but if you so. look at the chronological order of how we've done this stuff yeah. and parallel to what's going on today, it's it's really uncanny. It is. And I think it's really that, bizarre. I think part of it was kind of we, we started off, you know, in a way. And then once you start digging down these rabbit holes, you I, I think you start seeing, like you said, the patterns and you, we, you start seeing some of this stuff coming. Oh, you yeah. know, you start seeing things and all of a sudden someone's like, oh, my God, did you hear about this just happening? It's like, oh, yeah, we kind of saw that one coming. Yeah. No, it, you know, it, it, you, you fits, see. it fits fits what we've been talking about. Yeah. You so really see those week, patterns. So last week when you weren't here, we, we, we went over a lot of stuff. Uh, I'll just say contemporary stuff and mm -hmm. we connected some dots. And there's a lot uh, of those to be connected. And we're going to do that, too, later on in the program today, because uh, I'm seeing some patterns that are coming up that I think we need to be aware of as uh, free thinkers, as logical thinkers, critical thinkers. Uh, but before we get into today's show, we're going to talk about the Masons, mm -hmm. and, and and then we're going to go into uh, we'll we'll try to save about maybe twenty twenty five. Maybe we'll go over because I've got some stuff today that I think is really important. All right. But You're I wanted boss. to I wanted to address a couple of things that that came up through emails or, over the week, and thank you. Everybody who sent in emails and, and connecting with you on what is it, Instagram? Instagram's where most people have been finding me. And, and if you're looking for me, I mean, I am on Facebook, um, but it seems like Instagram's the easier way to find me. It's uh, 
Mr. Underscore B underscore six six six. I would never know that. Yeah. But it's I'm it's, seriously. Yeah, I'm Mr. not on scored, the gram. Yeah, Mr. Scored spelled out M I S T E R. I'm so not Mr. on the fake B. book. Yeah. Uh, so that's amazing. It is. So that's been my name. How did people find you there? How did that? How I think if you look you? for Brandon Valentine, I think you can, you can okay. find it that way. But if you okay. look for the, my username is Mr. Underscore B underscore six, six, six. So makes which sense. is one of those things. I mean, it's, and that's been what it has been for five or six years. Right. And you can so. always email us yeah. at NWCZ radio. That's all one. All together, NWCZ Radio at gmail.com, and we will get back to you as soon as we can. We try to be yes. um, timely in that, and, um, and and often people are asking us for references that we use. We're glad to hand it out. Mm-hmm. We're not hiding anything. No, we're not. So, so yeah, definitely, you know, like I said, if you find me on Instagram, friend request me or follow me or whatever it is because those messages I get easier. Okay, if they, yeah, if that's they're not true. following me, if they go into a weird hole okay. and, and about once a week or so, I'll check them and be like, oh, shoot, here's a couple messages that I didn't oh. see. So, See, so, yeah. I, I've never been on the grammar. It, it's fun because it's, it's a lot less of the, the bullshit that you get on, on Facebook because it's just it's pictures. Okay. Not, I don't. Most you of know my, my story, and, and oh, I, yeah. I don't need to go into it. Most of my pictures on, on Instagram are pictures of every time I do a show, at the Love and Hate Radio, Right. I take a picture of the guest. Put it up on there. And put it up on there. Cool. Um, and then also lately they've been of uh, our new cat. We call it the studio cat because he hangs out in the studio when we record and climbs on everything and everybody. And so and, uh, that's Ruben. So. Well, one of the questions yeah. that we got asked this week, uh, and, and, and it's, the only reason I'm bringing it up is because it's been a reoccurring question mm-hmm. for for months now. Is why aren't we on uh, Twitter? Why aren't we on Facebook? How come we're not YouTubing? Uh, and, and usually, it's followed by you would reach a lot more people and, and get a, a much bigger audience. So I want to address that and, and chime in too, as you, yeah. as you would. One. I'm not worried about the audience size. Ne- we never have been. We're not yeah. here to monetize it. We will never advertise. We will never ever put advertisement on this radio. We're not looking for a dime, because I think the truth should be free. Yeah. And I think the truth should be put out there. I-, I look at this as almost like a time capsule. That is that we put it out there as this, like a time capsule, and those who are truth seekers, people who are seeking the truth. We'll find it. Yes, they will. In their time, right? So to me, I'm not worried about if we have numbers. And, and, and hey, God bless all of you. We, we have amazing amount of, of listenership and interaction, but that's not the goal here. No, it's not. And I mean, the thing that's amazing, too, is that look how many we have without advertising. I mean, you go on to my my Mister B six six six. There might occasionally be something about this show. I mean, not. The I don't sound put bad. anything up. Most of the stuff I put up is about my other shows. Right, but I mean, I'm saying even on our show, we will never advertise no. on this show. You, if you hear, if you ever hear an advertisement on this show, it's because whoever, however you're listening to it, whether it's on Anchor, Spotify, uh, iTunes, or whatever, they put it there. We don't put anything up. We don't get a dime for this. No. And I'm absolutely cool with that because I do this as a service to mankind. And I, the reason why we're not on Twitter, the reason why we're not on Facebook, 
the reason we're not on YouTube is because a we don't trust big tech and you see what's going down with them right now. I mean, yes, you do. It, I just showed you before we came on how many of, of my resources have been deleted a lot. And I mean, that's one thing we've seen it on a couple of the, when I we've done research, right? That you watch a video or listen to something and you hit refresh because there was something that you, you wanted to write down it's or, gone. or take it, you know, a, get a clip of and it's gone right that quick. So, Second part of this question is people ha have been asking us what happens if we get censored because it, it is going on like mad, like crazy. And mm -hmm. I know we're on, uh, we're on anchor. We're on Spotify. We're on, uh, I think stitcher. We're on Apple, uh, whatever podcast, Apple, Pod, yeah, Apple whatever, iPod, I, whatever, it whatever is. it's called. We're on several platforms. If, you go there one day and it's all disappeared. We are live Sunday nights from 8 to 9 p.m. Pacific time on NWCZ radio. And I have uh, worked it out to where uh, shortly, I think within a couple of weeks, it will be re what we're doing will be rebroadcast on Monday nights. And I will let you know the time of that on NWCZradio.com channel one if we should ever disappear from our platforms we will be live and should that happen we will set up a private website and we will post we'll put all of our episodes there so never fear we've got it covered they they cannot mess with what we have going on here live and if we set up our own website they they can't censor that so if we disappear from Apple or whatever, uh, don't never fear. We will we will we will be here live every Sunday night, and and we'll repeat it on Monday nights, and I'll give you all that information as it's worked out. Uh, the awesome. last thing, go ahead. Well, that's awesome because Monday nights that's when my other show, Love and Hate Radio, is so. Right, I think it's going to be after that. I'm nice. not. I have to talk to the programmer. Yeah, because I know right now Love and Hate Radio is eight to nine. So it'd probably be nine to ten. Yeah, something like so. that. Uh, the other thing I wanted to address really quick, and and so we, <laughs> I didn't know we had a voicemail. Yeah, I didn't either. I had no clue. Uh, we don't have. I mean, we have one at the studio, but we've never given out the number. No, not here. So I got an email from Anchor saying, "Hey, we got a voicemail." I thought it was a joke, but it wasn't. So uh, a guy from uh, Prineville, Oregon. Hey, James, if you're listening. You sent us an email, and I really appreciate it, buddy. I really do. And I would be glad to mail this stuff to you, but email, it's way easier if you email us at nwczradio at gmail.com, and I will send that info to you because what I'm going to send you is full of links yeah. that you will want to click to go to the proof. And if I send you this because I printed it off. You can see it right here. It's like five, six pages. If I Links. send this to you, it's fine, but you're going to have to type in all these links. And some of these links have like a hundred or more 200 characters. So I'm okay with that, but I would prefer you email us nwczradio@gmail.com. I will be glad to send you immediately what we have. If you want it mailed to you, Email us anyway and just say, I'd rather it be mailed. I'm okay with that. And I appreciate the fact that you 
you gave us your address and and it's ready to go i just want to make sure that i send you the best thing yeah and what you want i mean we we want to share our info with you guys we we're want not to hiding sure anything see what we see yeah we're not hiding anything um and, and and up to this point we haven't been really challenged on anything yeah. but i i look i look forward to the day when somebody challenges us and said you know, hey, this has been debunked, or this is BS, or you don't know what you're talking about. And we've gotten a couple of those in our Apple Tune ratings, but yeah, and we we've whatever. got a couple. I mean, we I've got the one on Instagram, but it was one of those ones that it was. I don't think it was really questioning. No, no, no. We dealt but, with that, and we dealt with and that one good. where it was more of a hey, look at what somebody else has said, right. and gave us another point of view. So, all right, know, well, let's get yeah. in. Let's get into it. Let's get into the Freemasons because we want to get in, uh, get some things done here. There's a lot on Freemasons, and uh, and then uh, we're going to get into some current events. But yes, yeah, so when we left off a couple of weeks ago, we had brought the Freemasons into the United States. Yeah, which and, by the way, I want to say sorry for missing a week. I, I yeah, I had some. Yeah, some, we explained it last yeah, week. Stuff come up. So yeah, thanks to our governor, you had to jet. Yeah, I leave the, the state, and they, but it became a birthday weekend too. So I mean, you know. Oh, right so, on. Because yeah. I am old now, so <laughs> not as old as you yet, but no, you'll never catch up to me. <laughs> so as the Freemasons um, basically infiltrated and came into the United States, I uh, first I want to read to you a um, a list of some of the more famous masons and we're going to draw and i'm surprised i was surprised by some of these yeah we're going to put the we're going to we're going to parallel the lines and we're going to we're going to see how this works out first of all uh 14 presidents of the united states have been masons 35 united states supreme court justices have been masons and high level masons not your run-of-the-mill masons we're talking about 33rd 32nd 30 uh degree mason 17 united senators and i'm surprised that was I'm so surprised low that, yeah i was thinking that'd be a lot higher i think it is higher but that's that's what it i says. think a lot of them don't admit it could be um 32 united states military leaders 13 signers of the constitution that's a big number right there that is because how many how many signers was there i should know this this is probably why i failed one of those tests i don't know this but <laughs> Uh, I'll have to look that up. Um, I was going to say, I think it's, I'm thinking it was, what, how many did it say? 13 signers? Wasn't there only 13 signers? Cause there was 13. It was a member from each state. Right. Uh, so it should have been, so 13. there were 39. See, why was there 30? See, once again, this is why I failed the U S history test. So, yeah. So, you know, a, a good representation. So here's some famous names. You'll know George Washington, Theodore Roosevelt, Franklin D Roosevelt, Harry Truman, Andrew Jackson, Benjamin Franklin, Norman Vincent Peale, which a lot of people may not know, but he was a huge deal in the um, uh, posi- self-positive business model movement. Okay. Yeah, Norman Vincent Peale was uh, all about positivity. Uh, you had uh, Buzz Aldrin, the, uh, an astronaut. Yeah, you had Henry Ford, Arnold Palmer. Cy Young, Cecil B. DeMille, John Wayne, Irving Berlin, Louis Armstrong, Ludwig I was Bate. surprised by Louis. Yeah, uh, but they, you know, there were a lot of uh, African Americans for sure. Ludwig van Beethoven, Harry Houdini, Mark Twain, Oscar Wilde, um, Alexander Fleming, Winston Churchill. You had the Edward 
the seventh king of England. I, I'm surprised only him. I, I really thought that uh, there were, well, there more. was George, George the sixth king of England. I would think that I would have figured they all were. I mean, but there I mean, quite, I guess the Windsors you know were more part of the 300. So yes, there. That's yeah, right. exactly. Uh, you had the King of Prussia, Frederick the Great, um, Peter the Great, Emperor of Russia. It goes on and on and on, and, and that's just a that's literally scratching the surface. Oh yeah, just. Uh, and that doesn't even surgery. that doesn't even uh, like we can go modern. Brad Paisley is one. That doesn't uh, surprise me. Shaquille O'Neal is one. That does. Um, I thought I thought that there, the there's a there's a ton. There, there's a lot of them. There, it's amazing how many people are involved in the Masons. Now, what degree they are, I don't know. Um, but when the Masons came to America, they were a huge part of the foundation of America. And they brought over with them this philosophy, and because they had separated from the masonry of England, yes, and and started this this Freemason uh, part of the, the United States, and brought with them this this philosophy, and and we know that by this point the Illuminati, which is a real group, and when we go into the Illuminati, no, oh, we're going into the Illuminati. We, we will soon. show that they have actually have a founder. It's a real name. It's a real group. They had fused, fused with the Masons, right? Yeah. From everything I've seen, it's they fused. They didn't become one. No. There's still two separate groups, but they're two separate groups that are so intertwined. What the what the Illuminati did was uh, at, when you became a 32nd degree Mason, uh, the elite of the 32nd degree Masons were fused with the elite of the illuminati to create like the ultimate illuminati the 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 all-seeing eye the top of the pyramid and um a side note which i thought was really interesting in my in in my research you've heard of this term being blackballed yeah yeah like you've been blackballed straight from the freemasons that's how they were your dad was probably blackballed Huh. When when he tried to become a mason, and they said no, and yeah. they didn't, and they didn't let him in. They have a series of balls on the the table, and they move one forward. So a white one or the black one, and if you're black, you're rejected and you're out. So that the saying "you've been blackballed" comes from masonry. Oh wow! Yeah. So side side note there. Anytime anybody says, "Hey, you've been blackballed," uh, yeah. You have, and it all started with the Masons. But so I just always thought that it came from porn and bukkake, but that's something completely different. <laughs> no, no, it's no. A different kind of black ball. Okay. D- totally different thing. Uh, one, so a couple of things that I find interesting that I think we should tackle today about mm-hmm. the Masons are: we all know that they started out. The whole foundation of the Masons is about building. There were builders. Yeah, I mean that's the whole idea of mason. Uh, a mason is a builder, right? And, and we talked about that in the first episode. Well, when they came to the United States, when they built Washington D.C., they employed the masons yeah. to do it. And it doesn't take a whole lot of research to find out there are some crazy things going on in our capital, Washington D.C. Based on the grid, the street grid, the building grids, 
and everything in Washington, D.C. that are all symbols of the Masons. And the Masons were are have been – we haven't even touched – because it's the reason we haven't touched the sim- symbology of the Masons is because it's everywhere. Oh, it's everywhere. It, it, everywhere. All you got to do is just Google search or DuckDuckGo search symbols of Masonry and – there's so much re- there's so much out there we don't even need to talk about it now but what a lot of people don't know don't get into because oh yeah we don't dare talk about this is the layout of Washington DC well because a lot of people don't realize too it wasn't just the masons weren't asked just to build the city they designed it right they designed the city and then built it the they buildings, said, this is what we want they designed all the of it. road structure the placement, the placement of everything, and it is crazy. Yeah, there's so by the much there. A, we have a huge pentagram that, in uh, an aerial view, and, and you can see it. It's not hard. Um, and, and I don't want to get into all because unless you've been to Washington D.C., if I gave you a bunch of addresses, it wouldn't mean anything. But they offer Freemason tours of Washington D.C. Like, if you go there, you can sign up and take a Freemason tour of D.C., and they show you where they built things, why they built things, why they're placed there. And the first one is a massive pentagram on the streets of D.C. where things are placed. That's pretty alarming. The other is there's a massive owl, which goes back to... The Bohemian Grove. Yeah, the Bohemian Grove, which that, I mean, part of a lot of people believe that the Bohemian Grove and what happens there is part of masonry. Absolutely. Yeah, you can, I'm, I'm showing you a, no. a grid of it right now. I've never, I never, I didn't see the owl. I saw the pentagram, but I can't, wow. Yeah, the, so the owl is, is uh, on the grounds of the actual capital, uh, of the, uh, our nation's capital. That's that right wow. there. And so they have this, the, that have is. this owl set up. Um, and then, of course, you have the pentagram, which we've talked about. And then this one I'm not quite as sure about, but it is interesting. They have the Masonic uh, level and square also designed in. You see that? Wow, I do. That's pretty, that's pretty interesting. And, and it's like from the Jefferson Memorial to the U.S. Capitol, to the White House, and then you got the Lincoln Memorial there. And then the top one is the Supreme Council, which is the 33rd Temple, 33rd Degree Temple. Uh, in my um, – in doing the research, I and I, I wanted to play clips from it, but it's so long. Uh, I listened to a it, – it, ba- it was basically the reading of a book of a 33rd degree mason who was from he was from like san francisco and he and when you become a 33rd degree mason you have to go to the supreme council 33rd degree temple in washington yeah and he showed up there uh because he's being with a bunch of others because they were going to be given the 33rd degree and he and he describes the ceremony being there all all the dignitaries that were there and and i think this took place in the 70s there were like presidents congressmen senators famous people who all come and um 
the whole ritual aspect of it, but what they, because everything in masonry, every degree you go up, they enlighten you. Yeah. Right. So you get enlightened as you go. And when you get between the 30 and the 33rd degree is when they literally unveil everything to you. And by the time he got, and it was a three day thing. So there was a ceremony, there was a banquet, and then there was the actual dispensing of uh, whatever the medals and you know, whatever they wear, whatever it is. Yeah. And by the time he was done and your wife can't come, it's all men. You, you, you're not allowed to invite anybody. Uh, they were supposed, they had to donate a ton of money. Like he wasn't aware of this when he got, he had actually had to borrow money from a bank oh, wow. to, to pay. Cause it's, it's almost kind of like Scientology. Every time you move up, you got to pay a bunch of money. And see, it seems like that. Cause I've been, uh, on a whole nother note, I've been researching a bunch of, you know, secret, not secret societies, but cults. Right. And that is a big part of a cult of giving money. Right or your possessions, possessions all your stuff, stuff like or, that. And, so they're not yeah. they're not much different. By the time he got done with the third day and everything that they taught him, uh, and, and everything that they you know, and, and he talks about it. He talks about them talking about you know they 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 actually don't uh, because they they pretend that they're sort of this like quasi religious group, but they're not really. They are beholden to the new world order. And when you hit the 33rd degree Mason level is when they just, when they unload it all on you and you're responsible to help usher this in, you're responsible to go back and you know, whatever it is that you do to, um, move forward with this plan. And he was so freaked out by it that he quit and he, um, he got blackballed, went bankrupt. His wife, he, he tried to explain it to his wife. She, she wasn't having any, you know, she thought he was lying and it ruined his life because he was so freaked out by this that they, when he quit and they had already, you know, given all these secrets to him, they were trying to kill him. He had to go undercover. This, the book was written by a, uh, you know, a pseudonym. Wow. Uh, it was quite fascinating, but I did find some things that I thought were interesting. Um, you know who Leo Trotsky is, right? Sounds familiar. So Leo Trotsky was, um, part, he was the founder of the red army and, uh, he was also a Freemason. And here's some quotes by Leo Trotsky, who was just an SOB. He said, um, these are quotes from a book that he wrote called My Life, The Rise and Fall of a Dictator. He said, it was during that period that I became interested in Freemasonry. In the 18th century, Freemasonry became expressive of a militant policy of enlightenment, as in the case of the Illuminati, who were, in, who were the forerunners of the revolution. Of course, this is the Russian Revolution, which was nefarious. On its left, it culminated in the Carbonari. Freemasons counted among their members both Louis the Sixteenth and Dr. Guillotine, who invented the guillotine. In southern Germany, Freemasonry assumed an openly revolutionary character, whereas the court of Catherine the Great, it was the masquerade reflecting the aristocrat and bureaucratic hierarchy. A Freemason, Nikov, was exiled to Siberia by a Freemason empress. 
I discontinued my work on Freemasonry to take up the study of Marxian economics. The work on Freemasonry acted as sort of a test for these hypotheses. I think this influenced the whole course of my intellectual development. Uh, and then he goes on in his book where he talks about how to start a revolution, which was the Bolshevik Revolution, which is kind of what we're seeing in the U.S. right now. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting. We're, we're seeing a lot of it. And, the, and the, you know, he, he had the, the Trotskyites um, who went around through uh, Germany and Russia and basically ushered in, uh, you know, communism and marxism and he used masonry freemasonry as a jumping point on this now we also know through some of the stuff that i've studied that the freemasons not only did they support this they helped fund it why would they do that why why would they why would the freemasons be involved in this aspect of you know, global exercise in you know, communism and socialism. Well, they are socialist. They are. I mean, like, like you said, what's the 33rd? The guy had to give up most of his money. I mean, it's kind of one of those things. They are a socialist. Right, because they come across as like, hey, we're this benevolent group. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, like the Shriners have the Shriner Hospital. The Freemasons do, quote, a lot of charity work. The Eastern Star, which is the, the, the ladies' group, they do a lot of supposed charity work. Yeah. Uh, but it comes, they don't, have you ever had, um, uh, I, the Shriners, I do think, ask for donations. I've never seen any any kind of fundraiser for the Masons. No. I've seen the Shriners do some. some I, I've seen them occasionally, but I've never seen one for the Freemasons. No, or the Eastern Star. No. You know, so they have uh, to. I mean, so it comes from their the members. Money. It has to come from their members. I mean, maybe they do some of those weird things, you know, the, the, the dinner auctions or whatever, some way to make some money. But I couldn't see them making a whole lot that way. Where like the Shriners, they actually have ways where you can donate money to them and all that stuff. But right, you know, I mean, I just just recently saw the Shriner, a commercial for the Shriners on TV. Yeah, you people like who are the Shriners? They're the ones who dr are in the little funny red cars and yeah. parades. They wear the uh, the, the fez fezes. hats. Yep. Uh, they actually meet in um, uh, they they meet they don't meet in churches. They meet in mosques, which I find odd. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah, they, they their meetings are held in mosques, and the saber on their on their hats. Is, is, is they're all about because they believe that the truth comes from the east. Okay. And and we think of the east as being the orient, but it's not always the orient. No. And so they're they're heavy believers in that. I I think the bottom line with the um with the Masons is level one through three up and up till you become a um a master Mason mm -hmm. is a good old boys club. Yeah, and it really is. It does. I, seem I don't like think that. they know what's going on. No, and the I rituals see, are weird. I see a lot of people, you know, who are oh, you know, I we've had I had a couple people on Love and Hate who said that their husbands are, are Freemasons and stuff yeah. like that, and I'm like, okay, and but I mean, talking to them and everything else. Well, what level really, are they? Probably low. Right. They they the wives didn't know, but it was one of those that. They're basically it sounds like joining the Moose Lodge. 
Right, or the Elks Club, or the, or the Club, Oddfellows. Or the Oddfellows, or something like that, where you go there, you pay your dues, and it's a place you can go drink with your buddies. Make connections, make business connections, connections. Do all that kind of stuff. And I think a lot of people see the Freemasons that way, not realizing that, you know, really, that first three levels, you it's a good old boys club, but you step past that, and that's when and, you start and, getting and into the what it is, everything else. It, it, it's a recruiting tool to find the people that they want to elevate, right? Yes. So- you're, you know, we talked about your dad didn't make it, but let's say I went in and I made it and I played the game, right? If you play the game, they see something, then they invite you on, Yes. right? At some point, you're going to, you can't play the game forever. You're probably going to get exposed. But those that are really bought in, as things get revealed to them, because they, 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 they talk about the light being um, the, the source of information. So they're mm-hmm. all heading towards this light, which is the 33rd degree. Side note, one of the interesting things is you want to know how in control the Masons are of a lot of things that we don't know about. Just do a Google search or do do or, or just listen to stories that the news does or that are reported. Look for the number 33. It is crazy weird how 33 pops up in stories all the time and i'm like why is this that seems really odd like they'll be like thirty-three thousand people did this or or 33 uh you know it was it was 33 degrees or uh it was 333 i mean it's it's almost it's it's weird it's not and it's not coincidental the freemasons have secret everything handshakes uh symbols they notice each other uh out in public I, I, I watched um, interviews with people who are high up in the Masons who and they have certain things that you and I don't see. Yeah. But if they get pulled over by a cop who happens to be a fellow Mason, they recognize it right, right away and like, oh, so, yeah, off you go. Well, that number 33 that they use, and we've talked about the 33 Club at Disneyland, and there's 33s all over the place. It is one of their symbols. It is one of their things that it, that they put out there as a code to other people. Yeah. And there's a lot of that. And that's one of the things you find with the Masons is, I mean, there's some that have been figured out over the years, but it almost seems like as soon as they get figured out and they become public, suddenly those symbols stop showing up and then there'll be a new one. Yeah. I challenge you just for fun out there, just type in relevance of number 33 or 33 in the news or, 33 appearing in news stories, page upon page upon page. And it is really eerie how the number 33 comes up in all these weird stories. Uh, And I'm not one who's really big into numerology. I read a lot of stuff about the numerology of the Masons, and, and I'm sure it's there. I'm just not a numerology guy. I'm not either, but I mean, I'm sure, you know. But I know it's there. Yeah. And, and, and they use cults, it a lot. Like I said, I've been going down the rabbit hole of a lot of cults for other reasons. And a lot of cults are what you very about big. Starting one or joining one? A uh, little both. All I mean, right. I think yeah. I'm going to start one. We're going to. Well, if you listen to Love and Hate Rodeo, we do have uh, the Valentinic cult. So that's actually why I've been doing it a little I bit. stay far away. Yeah, it's fine. I don't join any clubs. Yeah, you know. So you're on your own on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you know. Well, it's fine. We got it. We'll, we'll get some members. <laughs> I'm sure you so, will. But it, it, if it, I joined, I'd have to take over. Pretty much. That's but, how it works in yeah, my it world. Is, but, 
But there's a lot of numerology in cults. Cults yes. are very, very... It's really strange. And it is really weird doing a lot of research on cults, seeing how much the the Freemasons and what they do and a lot of the stuff that they've done and a lot of stuff they rely on and everything really... I mean, really, I mean, it sounds like basically Freemasons are the most successful cult that's ever existed. Absolutely. They are huge. They're worldwide... And, and we could do weeks upon weeks upon weeks of diving into even just like minute details about the Masons, but I don't think that's our job here. Our, no. our job here is to just expose that Freemasonry is not your, your little uh, you know, temple on the corner. No. And if your husband or your brother or somebody isn't Freemason, that doesn't necessarily mean they're part of the overall scheme. Unless they're way up. And if they are way up, they're not going to tell you because that's where we get dicey because that's where the New World Order comes in. That's where they infiltrate the Bilderberg group. That's where they're part of the Council of 13. That's where they cross with the Illuminati. And that's where it gets really crazy because they take even the look, even the 33rd degree Masons, not all of them. They know about it, but not all of them are major players. No. And, and I think one of the things that you got to figure out, too, if someone tells you they're, ma- they're a Mason or someone's wife tells you that they're a Mason or anything like that, I can almost guarantee you that they're not a high level. No. Because they, no. they're doing it for the networking and everything else. Those high-level Masons, even a master they're Mason, in it to be a Mason. E- even my research on the Master Mason, who is, uh, you know, that's like the third step up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just sort of the grand poobah of the local lodge. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of them don't go beyond that. And, you know, they wear funny and we could go into why they wear all the stuff, that, but it's not, there's no point. No. Cause I mean, I, cause a it's, lot it, of that's it's, it's role playing, it's costume, it does have meaning and stuff, but th- there's no point to go into that because really the big, the, the big problem with the Masons is. The real problem with the Masons is the higher you go up, the deeper you're in it. And when you get to the top, it's almost too late. Mm-hmm. You're either because now you're either you're completely bought in and there's no turning back, or like this guy that I read about, he got out and they destroyed him, yeah. which is very, very common in high level cults, high yes. level uh, government, high level. Um, you know, secret groups. It's very common. The yeah. Mormons. Yeah. No, I mean, the, the, if you just do research of just do cross reference of Mormonism and Masonry, it's insane. Oh, it is. It's, it's, it's almost I'm, a carbon copy. They just, they there's just, there's a lot of Mormons that are Masons. Absolutely. Yeah. A That's lot absolute. of Mormons are Masons. I think they kind of go hand in hand because it's the same, it's a lot of the same belief system. Yes. But it it, is. It's like I said, I think a lot of the, the religious side of masonry and all of that, that's the window dressing, the, the weird, you know, the, the ceremonies, all that to me has always seemed like window dressing. It's like, this is what we do to get our numbers. And so that we can find those people that transcend and go up. And those aren't the religious, like diehard, I, you know, religious people that are going to go transcend. It's going to be the free thinkers, but they have, Majorly infiltrated the U.S. Oh yeah, they are cemented in our governmental system. They were uh, 
instrumental in building the foundational buildings of our nation. And they built them in a way to, I mean, I could really, really go down a rabbit hole here. Uh, we don't have time, but all these, the way they built these out with the pentagram, the owl, the, the, the Mason, uh, the Mason symbol and everything, they believe that the United States is like ground zero for bringing up the new world order leader. And I don't have time to go into major detail on it, but every time a United States president is inaugurated, yep. which is going on at the White House, right up the street, I mean straight up the street at the Supreme Council, 33rd degree temple, they are doing their own ceremony of induction for the president because they truly believe that one of our presidents at some point is this person, is the person that is going to be the leader that is going to open the door and is going to usher in the new world order. And I'm here to tell you, I don't know if it's Biden because I think Biden's an empty shell, which so. may be the reason why he's the guy. I don't know this, but I know that the groundwork has been laid. It's been laid for a long time, and these are patient, patient people. That's one thing I learned about these. This stuff's been going on since Woodrow Wilson and b b before. So it's been going on since George Washington and Benjamin Franklin. Yeah, absolutely. This has been going on since they signed, you know, that, absolutely the, the Articles of Confederacy and signed the Declaration of Independence. Right. When They've the government, any of that, when the government in front of you is the deep state, and they're being puppeted, that's when we have problems, and that's where we're at. Yeah, I mean, our government, our, the, the foundings of our government, which amazes me honestly that the Declaration of Independence which has been my hardest part with the Freemasons, the Declaration of Independence, the Articles of Confederacy, you know, Bill of Rights, the Bill of Rights, all of that stuff was done by Freemasons. Oh, a majority of Masons, majority of Freemasons. But right now, all of that stuff is what is blocking the new lizard order or the new world order, world order, all taking of them over. from taking over. Everything they put in place, so I think it, it was almost. But a, we're going a check. through. We're going through a a death by a thousand cuts. Yes, and and um, we're in big big trouble. All yeah. right, so uh, we'll put a lid on the Masons for today because I I've got some things I want to get to, and I think we have uh enough. Yeah, we're probably going to go over a little bit. A so little bit. apology, but a couple of things that have come up this week. <laughs> Man, I could do it. We could do a whole nother hour on all the stuff that's going on this week. That is insane. But I'm gonna I'm gonna try to I'm gonna I'm really try to to nail it down. Uh, I found this interesting. This is a uh, this comes to us from the British Downing Street briefing, which took place on the second of December. And this is My what birthday. this oh congratulations. <laughs> Uh, this is coming everywhere. Don't kid yourself. One wants social distancing to come to an end. We're fed up with it. Nobody wants lockdowns and to see the damage they do. But if you want that dream to come true as quickly as it can come true, 
then you have to take the vaccine when it's offered to you. Low uptake will almost certainly make restrictions last longer. Oh, oh, so freedom is now now a dream. It's now a cause or, or, or a fantasy. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, it's we've talked about this before, where you give someone an option for something, and they're like, you're out your freaking mind. Right. But you suddenly make it so that they want that, that the freedom that they think they deserve and everything else is hinging on this. Now, all of a sudden, they want it. It's like with the vaccine. Most people are like, no way in hell I'm going to take some crazy vaccine that you put together in the last four months. There's no way in hell I'm taking that. Oh, wait. Oh, so you want your, I can, now, you now want your, you I want can your have freedom, my freedom back? back by doing this? Okay, okay, I'll, didn't I'll do know, your vaccine. Didn't know they yanked it from us, but now yeah. they're openly telling us. And in that vein, I want to tell you about something that's also coming. I, I, I found this is in the Wall Street Journal, and th- I found this to be absolutely shocking. Uh, this was November 29th, 2020. Neighborhood grocery stores are aiming to become major COVID, uh, major providers of COVID-19 vaccinations. Supermarkets are rushing to secure freezers, uh, thermometers, and other medical gear for administering shots. Uh, Kroger, Albertsons, CVS, and others are scrambling to become part of Operation Warp Speed. They are hiring uh, training staff, training staff at a grocery store. Yeah, I mean, I just don't get it. I mean, it's to one est- of those and establishing that, yeah. online services for scheduling appointments. The vaccine approval potentially weeks away. Uh, it isn't yet known how federal state authorities will distribute the shots. Grocers say they are unsure how many customers will seek the immunizations, but they're there to help. Uh, I know. Let me tell you where this is going. I'm going to tell you right now where this is going. Um, And then I'm going to build a case for it. But at my local grocery store, as as things were getting weird, they started putting up limits, limits to buy. Yep. Right? So you could only buy one pack of toilet paper. You could only buy one bag of flour. You could only buy a certain amount of meat or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, hey, I could go over to Fred Meyer's. I could buy it at Safeway, and then I could go to Fred Meyer's and buy my limit there. Then yeah. I could head over to Kroger buy my if I really needed it. Well, what they're talking about now, with all the di- with all the vaccine IDs and the vaccine uh, passports and everything, and they're going to be doling these out at the grocery stores. Here's what's coming: when you go to the grocery store. You get your vaccine, and they're going to give you your little your little pass, which is all digital. And everything now is on the matrix. You're going to go to the store, and they're going to you have to show your card or scan it or whatever, and you're going to buy your allotment. Mm-hmm. And then when you go to Fred Meyer, next you can't because you already bought your allotment. Right? Nope. Sorry, you already bought your allotment at Safeway. You can't buy it here. And and if you don't get the immunization, you can't you can't buy it, period. Yeah. And we talked a lot about this last week where Qantas Airlines, Ticketmaster, several countries are saying, you don't get the vaccine, you can't fly, you can't go to concerts, you can't come to our, our you can't come to our country. Uh, we're getting to the point where we may not even go state to state. 
We've got lockdowns all over. In Los Angeles, you can't even walk your dog. Cannot walk your dog. Where your dog's supposed to poop? You, you can't go more than, I think it's like um, a mile from your house. Uh, it's insane. It's insane. Um, That's also, boring when I go running. Also, what I found, this, this you want to know what's coming next? I'm going to tell you what's coming next. Um, because they're telling us. We, we talked about the Great Reset. Yeah. We talked about Agenda 2030. And it's all there. And Klaus Schwab and all these morons have been telling us that there's going to be a post-COVID. Oh, yeah. There's going to be important. another major problem well, yeah, to, to usher things. us into this Great Reset. We're going to go straight into... They're going to get a, a, a vaccine, whatever, right. for COVID. Because somehow they've been trying to do for the common cold and for yeah, the flu, flu, that's 40 to 45% effective. But all of a sudden, this is going to be 90% effective. Hmm, how the hell does that work? And our body Until is 99. One, our body is 99.87 effective. Why yeah. do I need a vaccine? Yeah. So then, of course, what's going to happen is the vaccine's going to happen, but that vaccine's going to it's mutate. It's not going to be good enough. And then they're already telling us that another version of COVID. That's why it's COVID-19 coronavirus, whatever, because there's multiple. But it's even deeper than that. Multiple. So what they're taught, what what Klaus and his uh, cronies are telling us is the next crisis. But outside of COVID-19, uh, and it's not hard to look it up. It's on it's on the Great Reset website is their concern is cyber attacks food shortage. So I've been f tracking this. I've been following this, which will come back to them giving out uh, immunizations at the store. Check this out. Uh, there is a, in America, there is a play, there's a business called Americold. Americold. I know that I interviewed with them once. Did you? Okay. So they offer, they handle 94% of all frozen food in, the, in America. They have huge transfer stations all over America where the trucks, you know, the semis come in, they load them up, and then they send them out to the stores. Yeah, it's one, there's one in Auburn. So, CyberCold was um, hit recently, and this article is... Um, uh, I can't see the date on it, but it was, a, it was, about, it was, it was about a month ago. They got hit with a huge cyber attack. You can see the headline. Oh, it's November 18th. Americold yeah. operations down by cyber attack. So what happened was cyber attackers hit Americold. And there's video. I've watched it. There's video of all these semi-trucks rolling up to these transfer stations. And their system is shut down. And for three to four days... They could not load up because they didn't know what product went to what truck. They didn't know what truck went to what city, what truck went to which stores, nothing. Yeah. And they shut down the power grid of a couple, not all of them, but a couple of these, these transfer stations. Crossed, they, had to they had to toss it all. They had to toss it all, which interrupts the supply chain. Mm-hmm. Which then leads to, hey, we only have so much at the supermarket. And, oh, by the way, you can only buy one if you have the vaccine. Yeah. So they're creating, they're creating this problem.
Yeah. It's not there. They're creating it. Uh, step two. Our government would never do that. Uh, this is a global thing, man. So step two, answer. Our government isn't working with the rest of them? Bloomberg. This is from Bloomberg from November 19th, 2020. ADM, which is a um, Archer Daniels Midland company. They provide feed for animals. Uh, for And I'm not talking about your dog. I'm talking about like for cows, sheep, yeah. food, food that we would eat, you know, animals we would eat. Um, ADM to host giant insect farm to bet on sustainable animal feed. Why would they do that? Why would they be looking at harvesting insects to create food to feed to animals? You want to know why? Because, and I know you're going to think, wow, this is crazy, but it is not. There is a global, massive global shortage right now on soybeans. And what does that have to do with anything? China has gone through the world's soybean and vacuumed it up because they know there's a massive shortage of soybeans coming. Soybeans is the number one product for feeding cattle and meat products. Yeah. Here's, a, here's an article. From November 10th, it says, Are soybean stocks even lower than the USDA's 190 million bushel estimate? The answer is yes. Our numbers would have suggested that there could have been another 50 to 70 million bushels in export that could have been taken out of the numbers, which weren't taken out of the stocks. So you're down somewhere close to 120. Are you down to... Close to 100 million bushels of ending stocks? Yes. Peterson thinks soybeans will continue to decline. Uh, and we're not even... So, uh, uh, it's Brazil and Spain have uh, are the world's leaders in soybeans. They're empty. That's always They're good. buying from America. Who is below its like, like emergency point? Oh, that's always good. So... Soybeans now are in short supply, and here's what's going to happen. It's all the damn vegans. The short, the soybeans. No, this is by design because oh, if you look at the sustainable living, the a great reset. They don't want they for whatever reason they don't want us to eat meat. They do not. They do not like meat eaters at all. They want it eliminated. They're creating this problem. What's going to happen? This is my prediction. Um is you have a soybean shortage, which means you're not going to be able to feed like the huge feedlots like Texas and Iowa and Oklahoma. So they're going to have to slaughter off all these animals because they can't feed them. Yeah. You're going to have a massive glut in the stores on beef, hamburger, pork, whatever, and everyone's going to go like, – and the prices are going to drop. And people right, are like, this is awesome. Amount. This is great. On the other side of that will be disaster. Yeah, because we're going to be out. Because we will be out. They can't raise as many. And the prices are going to go through the roof. And this is all happening right in front of our eyes. And it, it, it is crazy. And uh, so the, and the cyber attacks that are coming are, are not just to that. They're talking about 
grid outages. They're talking about internet going down. It's going to be that this is their goal is to. So we're going to get through COVID-19. Everybody's going to take a deep breath and go, wow, we're back. And then boom, boom, because and then everyone will freak out and go, hey, uh, it, it, it's this uh, appeal to authority, right? Mm-hmm. Instead Help of us. being instead of being ready for it, instead of being prepared for it, nobody's prepared. And yeah. then they appeal to authority. Oh, government save us. Oh, mayor save us. Oh, well, I mean, it's, president it, save us. They make everybody that has that thought that survivalist mentality is completely like, oh, you're a freak. You're, you know, it's like the conspiracy theorist. Oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. You're an idiot. Oh, of and course. The same thing with survivalists. Look at that crazy bastard who's put everything up just in case, you know, you know, he has all that food and everything else. Food, He's all water, ready for survive, whatever. To survive if the grid went down. How well do you think those people fared in these lockdowns? Probably pretty damn well because yeah. they were already ready for about this it. shit. They're not worried about it. Um, it it's coming. It's, oh, it is. Biden talked about, and Biden's not the only one, but Biden has told us we're heading into a dark winter. This has been echoed throughout. Biden's official website is Build Back Better. Uh, and we've heard this through from all the major leaders of the world. And same thing with the Great Reset. They're all in on it. It's coming. Mm-hmm. It's in your face. They're not hiding it. They're telling you their game plan. We're trying to relay it to you and, and not not to scare you, but to prepare you. I, I don't live my life afraid. No. I, I, and I've never been a prepper. And I've never been an anti-vaxxer. But I'm not taking this vaccine. And no. I'm stocking up stuff like crazy. Well, and the whole thing is, it's one of those things, it's like, you know, and really, if you think about it, how much in the last 10 years has the whole idea of anti-vaxxers being a bunch of freaking lunatics Oh, it's been, been a huge up? debate. It's been a huge debate. Massive. And now, all of a sudden, we're at this point where it's like, are you an anti-vaxxer or not? And it's like, no, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but it, I mean, not to compare it to a freaking car, but you never buy a car on the first model year. Right. No, no, no. You wait two or three you, years. If you're smart, you to, are. For, for them to work out the bugs. Right. I don't want a vaccine that they've thrown together in the last nine months. And all of a sudden, I grow no. a third fucking nipple. Speaking of, uh, I did some research on the the Moderna. Because Moderna is the most recent one that's mm-hmm. come out and said, hey, we've got this vaccine. So I'm like, well, I'm going to dig into this. I looked into it. And I looked into their trials. And they had several hundred people that had signed up for to, to, to be the, the, you know, the trial testers. And mysteriously, a bunch of them uh, decided not to do it. And then when they ran the trials, you know, the trials, they give a placebo and then they give the actual yeah. vaccine. You take just take a wild guess as to how many people actually were tested with the actual vaccine. Not many. 11. 11 people. Yeah. You, I'm going to put something in my body that they're going to mass produce that they trial tested on 11 people. Yeah. Not a chance. Like I said, it's one of those you never uh, you never buy the first year of a first motor, a new motor and anything like that because you have to work out. the. But bugs. you're going to have to you're going to have to make a choice because they are going they, they may like in America. I think there are constitutional laws that prohibit them from forcing you to do it, but you can be forced different ways. 
Well, yeah, because work, like you said, all of a sudden, oh, through sorry, buying, you can't go into this store can't because go to you Oregon, don't have your paperwork that says you're immune. Can't get on a plane. You can't fly. You can't go to this concert because, yeah. oh, hey, it looks like you haven't had the vaccine it's yet. It's coming. And, and, and in America, they're talking about uh, being on your phone or whether it's a bracelet. They're talking about bracelets, these bracelets that you can wear. Uh, all this stuff that's coming where it, all this stuff will be and it'll be a symbol and it'll be like the mask. What? You don't have your bracelet on? Oh, man, you're crazy. You know, you're yeah, to be you're you? to be shunned. You're ter- You're not helping. You're not you're not caring about grandma. And how, how can you not get your it'll be a peer pressure thing. All right, it will be. All right. I mean, re- I can't say much. My entire family was at my house earlier today doing gingerbread houses. Nice. So you know, I don't live. I don't live by these rules. And I because one people are like, oh, aren't you worried about your neighbors calling in? No, I'm pretty sure my neighbors aren't going to call in. They're probably just upset because I didn't invite them. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you got if you got a moment, because uh, I, I want to yeah. play this. First of all, so this is a uh, and this goes to a lot about what we were talking about. What's coming our way? I found, this is a this is a lady named Orit Dolev. And she did a TEDx talk on July 16th, 2019. She's the creator of Nomad, which is a digital uh, instrument that allows travelers to create music on the go. I don't know what that means. I don't know if she's a musician. First of all, I want, uh, and I know audience, you can't see this, but I want you to look at this necklace she's wearing. What do you see there? I see a lot of pentagrams. Yeah. You see, you see this right here? These are all pentagrams that yeah. she's wearing. There's one, two, three, four, five on this necklace, which I, hey, I, it's weird. I don't know what that means, but they are definitely pentagrams. Yes. The the upside down goat head. Yeah. Pentagrams. All right. I'm going to play this talk and this, I, I want you to pay close attention to what we've been talking about a lot on our program. Propaganda. Propaganda of cell, propaganda of misinformation, propaganda of disinformation, and propaganda of this is good for you. We're going to play this, and then we're going to break it down. Check this out. Imagine a world where the richer you are, the less you own. A world where a fancy car, a large house, and expensive clothes cease to be a status symbol and become a burden, while experiences replace belongings as what we cherish the most. Is it possible to own nothing but have everything? In the past, if your house was on fire and everyone was safe, What was the one thing you would want to save? Photo albums, right? Today, most of us have our photos safe and sound in the cloud. Our music, books, movies, all turn from physical objects to digital services. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. Every year, I own less of what I use. I remember my 17th birthday. I was so excited to finally get my driver's license. It was a big deal to drive a car, not to mention buy one, compare prices, research fuel efficiency, deliberate about the color and design, 
One's having a car, you need to insure it. Fix it now and then. Remember to fuel it. Spend long hours searching for parking. Oh yeah, and wash it from time to time. After all that, why would you even want to own a car when what you really need is to get from point A to B? Today, I can summon a car anytime, anywhere. It appears within minutes, takes me wherever I need to go, and then disappears, like magic. In many ways, that is a better arrangement than having to own a car. What used to be a car is transforming into a riding service. Someday soon, personal cars may be banned in cities, replaced with an autonomous vehicle service. As a technology product designer, I've started to notice this shift from physical products to digital services. I believe that as objects become smarter, infused with bits of intelligence and technology, they will transform into services, swapped, shared, used, in the same social way we swap digital media. Will our houses become services too? In the past, newlyweds would go ahead and buy a house, secure a mortgage, compare real estate, buy a ton of furniture, and spend long hours on upkeep and renovation once in a while. Why make all these commitments? Life is full of surprises, especially these days. Over the past few years, I have lived and traveled to more than 30 countries across five continents. With a supercomputer in my pocket and widespread connectivity, I don't need an office. I can work from anywhere. Travel has become a way of living, serving as fertile ground for a new generation of nomads. And that's when owning stuff really becomes a burden. Services are more important than ever. We've all experienced, at some point, the joys of service. Gyms, barbershops, restaurants, cleaning services. Whatever it was for you, I bet that among other things, this gave you a little more freedom, a little more time and peace of mind. Then why stop there? Imagine a world where all the physical products around us transform into digital services. How would life look like with no belongings, no commodities, no wallet, no assets or property? A world where the only things you can buy are services and experiences. Let me take you to a day in a life in this kind of future. I live in a complex, a place with everything I need to live work, and play. Like a lot of my friends, I prefer the co-living housing because of the round-the-clock services they offer. Once in a while, I might choose to cook for myself. I subscribe to a food service that sends me fresh ingredients from a farmer nearby, carefully selected based on my culinary preferences. I'm thinking about upgrading to the premium organic service everybody's talking about cooked by a famous robot chef. 
I subscribe to most of my clothes. Every morning, they arrive at my window port with a drone. I can wear something different each day of the year if I want. At the end of the day, I'll drop them to be picked up by the drone. I 3D print my jewelry. Actually, this is something I already do. If I have a special occasion, I might 3D print a dress designed especially for me and custom shoes based on a scan of my feet. Once the event is over, I'll simply drop them in the recycling bin. The material will be recycled into its original state. My apartment has no closets, no washing machine or dishwasher. I don't need to worry about mortgage, maintenance, or even renovation once in a while, because furniture and decor became services too. Once we have kids, we'll probably subscribe to a baby equipment and toy service. Every couple weeks, the toys will be swapped and we will receive fresh ones, sterilized, of course, based on my kids' age and preferences. My home will transform as my needs change, when I move from city to city, or as my family expands. I can stay for a year, for a month, or even just a few days. When I travel, I don't need to pack anything. The things I normally use will be waiting for me wherever I land. This new world might raise some concerns, such as, how will it feel like not owning anything at all? Will that make me homeless? Will we lose the emotional connections we have with objects today? Questions about friendship and relationships. What will our social life look like? How will we raise our kids? And what will it feel like growing old? On the other hand, maybe this is actually an opportunity to redesign our crowded cities, replacing parking lots and large isolated housing with green parks and shared communal spaces, freeing up time to pick up a new hobby or spend it with loved ones instead of wasting it on chores. Maybe this is an opportunity to update our thousand-year-old education system. Imagine education being personalized to the way each and every one of us learns best. And why commit to one specific school and location? A classroom might become an ongoing field trip with kids from all over the world. They'll probably learn much more than I'll ever know. How will we stay in touch if we're moving around all the time? Maybe we'll hang out using a mixed reality service. Soon, we will all have genie superpowers. Things will be there exactly when we need them and gone when we don't. They will be accessible, affordable, and shareable, providing higher quality and personalized experiences tailored especially for me. So when you go home and you walk through your front door, take a second and ask yourself, could I own a little less? Would that give me a little more freedom, a little more time?
and peace of mind? Some may ask whether I might feel untethered by not owning anything at all. I tell them I feel the opposite. I feel a deep connection to our ancestors, like a primeval nomad who owns nothing, curious, adaptive, ready to hit the road and explore the unknown, making room for collecting experiences rather than things. Own less, but have much more. Oh, yeah, isn't that sweet? Oh, yeah, hands up, oh, clap. And I'll say one thing. When she first says it, I, I will be honest. They have experiences, you know, own less. I actually am okay with that for a second. And then she talk, says like three other words, and I'm like, you're an insane lunatic. But this is what they want. Uh, this isn't, we, last week when you were in oh. here, we had another gal who uh who, who's a, this, this is part of the great reset this is part of the uh the 2030 plan that the, they don't want you to own anything yeah they I mean, want they, and a, here's here's the question that i have real quick who owns it and why are we renting it from the new them? lizard order and why are why do we want to rent it from them because if because we want they it, cut but you we don't off want the... and you don't own anything you are homeless. You don't get to eat. You have no identity. You are Zero. relying on somebody else for everything. Notice how cold and impersonal this is. Oh, yeah. Hey, you could. You, you want to get together with your friends and relatives? Zoom. For Digital. all you nerds out there like me, this basically just sounds like what they did to Star Wars and made the Stormtroopers. Give up everything. Come, we will provide you with everything you need. You can travel as long as you, you toe the line. As long as you toe the line, right? And like I said at the very beginning, which you talked about experiencing unless I have really, honestly, over the last year or so, really built my whole like personality and life out the fact that experience is experience. Well, there's a difference between being a minimizer, right? Yes, and that's fine. My 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 youngest daughter uh, is not big on having. Uh, lots of things uh, and then my oldest daughter she loves lots of things yeah. but that's called individuality and that's it and this that's takes called away freedom. all individuality this takes away every aspect of individuality that you could ever have you become an autonomous drone and i like my stuff like and what's she talking about uh oh i cook once in a while and i have the drone drop off some stuff or i just have some robot chef prepare it and no no this is how terminator starts this is insane people this is insane i'm all for technology i'm all for um improving things yeah you know but i am not for giving up look i want to own things mm -hmm. i want to own my house I want to own a car. It all sounds so fanciful, but what happens if they don't? If they're out of the dress or the or the clothes you want, the well, drone takes it to the wrong place. Three D print it, and then you just put it back into the the recycling bin. What happens if the car doesn't show up on time, yeah. or you or you've been banned from it because you've been social scored down, and they won't come pick you up? What happens if you go to the airport and you haven't been a good citizen and you can't travel? What happens when your kid doesn't like the to toys that uh, they sent 
and they don't own anything. What happens if you want to watch a certain movie and they've removed it because they didn't like it? I mean, this is insanity. Oh, it is. It is. I mean, it's like I said, own nothing. I mean, like I said, I understand being a minimalist. I mean, I don't know. I'm not all the way to a minimalist level. Some people are, and great. But I love experiences. That. You know, I had a conversation with the other day. I'm like, if my house burned down tonight, you know, and this was when there was the huge fires going on in Bonnie Lake, and I'm like, if my house burned down, yeah, I lose my stuff, but I still have my memories of everything. You can't take that. But at the same time, I still like my stuff. And the propaganda of what she puts out there, notice that she asks questions and then answers them for you, for you, which is massive. We see this. This is the propaganda of chaos and order. And we see all you got to do is watch commercials. Commercials create a problem for you that you didn't know existed. It doesn't matter whether it's a Swifter or the tags on your shirt bug you or tags on my shirt. Your pillows suck. Uh, they're convincing you that you have a problem and we have an answer. We have the solution. You didn't even know you had that problem. And, oh, by the way, we're going to have some guy in a doctor's uh, suit telling you that doctors recommend this and he's not a doctor. This is all this is. This is a convincing, trying to convince people that this is the new way we're going to put you all. And where she wanted to live. Oh, I want to live in the shared housing. But it's shared housing that's going to be the exact same whether I'm here or whether I'm in Tokyo. Yeah, and, and last same. week we played a clip of a, a, a similar uh, thing trying to purport this, that the shared housing was like, so when you went to work, because you weren't there, if you went to work, somebody else took over your space. Yeah. Like they would just, so or you'd be having a board meeting in your living room and they would somebody else would be sleeping in your bedroom because you're not using it. So there's no privacy you don't own Jack. I want to own a car. Yeah. Because I don't want to wait. Let's say I want to. Again, her all of her arguments about how t- tough it is to own a car. Oh, how tough it is to, own, to have to do chores. How tough it is and all this time-consuming stuff to, to have to, like, you know, fix things and and buy things and oh it's such a burden this sounds way more of a burdensome society to me and i refuse to participate in it but it's one of those things i mean not to sound bad she's totally you know going towards the fact that we live in obese society because we are lazy fuckers that's just going to make you lazier and that is we that's giving you a reason to be lazier wait you mean i don't have to get up and do fucking do anything I can sit on my couch and play video games, and you're going to deliver have me a Have a drone deliver you food. Have a, have a car show up and take you Do wherever. Do I just leave a window open so it can come in and just bring it to me right at my couch so I don't have to apparently, get up? Apparently. I don't know. Can I get a shower that sprays me while I'm sitting on my couch? All I know is that this is all the crap that's coming our way, and we need to wake up and be prepared for it and understand. Individuality, free thinking, what the hell happened to it all? We have to take it back. We need we our individuality. Ha- you, listener, you have to take back your individuality. You have Stop to. Stop letting them have it. What, even if it takes, and I go back, and I know that I, I'm not a huge fan of the Hunger Games, but there was a scene in the Hunger Games that struck me as something we are all probably going to have to do at some point. And it was, what, do you remember the main character's name? Whatever the, Katniss Everdeen. 
Right, where she is sitting in like a tunnel or something, and she is over and over saying her name, where she was from, who her parents were, and like and, and just over and over. I am this. This is where I'm from, and this is who my parent. This is I am this to remind herself that she is an individual. Yes, and she is a human being. She is a person. We are all different. We are all unique. And that's what we are taking. all special. And nobody. We have God-given rights as individuals. And we are not autonomous robots. And, and we cannot allow Klaus Schwab and all these crazy world leaders, Trudeau, um, Boris Johnson, whoever is going to be the president of the United States, to force us into this box. It, no. it can't happen. And the thing, honestly, what it makes me think of, have you ever seen the animated movie Wally? Oh, yeah. And that's what it is, where you got people literally on floating fucking lounge chairs right. that Doing are their so thing. freaking obese and have not moved in so long, they can't even get off their freaking lounge chair. And the main thing is, all of this is predicated upon you and me buying in and being a good little droid do what you're told do what you're told and we will allow you these things and i'm not i'm not buying it do what you're told do not look at the man behind the curtain all right everybody <clears throat> thanks so much for tuning in i know we went long yes i apologize hopefully you gained something from it but we will be back next week yes we will and uh, everybody have a great week have a stay great week. safe stay sound Stay logical, be critical thinkers, and stay on. Be on your toes, man. Just be on your toes because every day things are changing, and we love you all. So email us nwczradio at gmail .com. if you want any of this material. Uh, we'd be glad to send it to you. Yes, we would. And uh, again, if we go down, we're right here live every Sunday night, uh, eight to nine p.m. or longer. <laughs> nwczradio.com channel one. We're out. See you later.